1: Welcome to the Big Red Bench What a day of sport it has been And it's not over yet Later Dylan O'Connell joins us From Paris Ahead of the Champions League final Between Liverpool and Real Madrid And I'm very envious of him That he's in the Stade de France uh, Before all of that though We react to Cork's win In the ladies' Munster football final They defeated Kerry Kerry then he's past Limerick In the men's final uh, We have some reaction from that also Currently it is Leinster versus La Rochelle Leinster are at the line it's 12-10 in favour of the Irish side Dublin are playing Kildare in the Leinster final and they're giving Kildare an awful hammering Uh, later on we'll hear from David Harrington after City's huge win last night and it's a huge night for our very own Gary Spike O'Sullivan all coming up 4-7 we got through that just about there uh, in uh, let's start off with a bit of local GAA and, and i you, you wouldn't be happy if you were playing a few matches today I'd say with, with everything you'd be missing but uh, I'm sure they'll be happy to be uh, maybe inside in, the, inside in the pub watching the Champions League if they all seem to finish uh, at the moment so uh, in the Cork Credit Union's Football League Division 1 Group A Newsystown were defeated by Bela and Garry 4-9 to 1-11 earlier on uh, it was Mallow 10 points Aerog 15 Gish Game 9 points Castlehaven 12. In Group B it finished Clyde Rovers one eleven, Carberry Rangers two ten, Clonakilty seventeen points, Cargline one ten. Uh Kilimantra two twelve, Valley Rovers one twelve, and it was Douglas three hundred eleven, O'Donovan Rossa two. 2- 10 Um, now before we get back to the GA just a quick update on all the other goings on and of course it's a huge weekend in uh, Formula 1 the Monaco Grand Prix one of the biggest days in motorsport and it's uh, the homeboy Charles Leclerc ...who will be on pole position, his home race... uh, ...chaotic, as always, end to qualifying at the Monaco Grand Prix... Uh, ...he'll share the front row with Ferrari teammate Carlos Sainz... ...Sergio Perez, uh, I think Perez and Sainz actually crashed into each other... ...at the end of the session... ...Perez third and championship leader Max Verstappen is uh, P4... ...on the grid for tomorrow... Uh, ...as we said, Leinster have now gone into a 15 points to 10 lead... ...against Ronald O'Gara's La Rochelle in the Champions Cup... That's in Marseille. The Champions League final is in Paris. So uh, a lot of air traffic going over to France today from Ireland, I'd say Dublin Airport could have been good fun today. Uh, Thank God uh, it wasn't anywhere near that anyway. Um, And also, of course, uh, the big one in Croke Park, which... Uh, listening to the, the TV analysts, of course, Joanne Cantwell, uh, Pat Splann, and Kieran Whelan, they were on about how much of a hammering Kerry gave Limerick. Well, Dublin are giving Kildare one hell of a hammering as well. Ashling O'Reilly has this half time report from Croke Park. The second half has started, but let's just get a sense of what way the game is going.
2: Halftime here in Crow Park. It's Kildare, six points, Dublin, five goals, and seven points. The Dubs are really cruising here. It was Kildare's Paul Griffin who got the first score of the game from a tight angle that he made look easy, but Dean Rock immediately cancelled out down the other end with a free. A quick ball inside found Connor Callahan who took on his man, turned back, and laid it off to Kieran Kenny, who made no mistake and fired at home to get the first goal of the game. Unfortunately for Kildare, the Dubs look to be finding their rhythm up front, but only two minutes after their first goal, Cormac got a rebound off the post and blasted it to the top left-hand corner. It was kick kickouts that are proven to be a problem here early on with Dublin getting majority of their scores from them. 15 minutes gone and the boys in blue find the back of the net for the third time today. Once again, Costello left his man for dead and finished it brilliantly. They didn't let up and half back John Small wanted a go. He made a run off the shoulder and found the back of the net to get their fourth goal of the first half. 25 minutes gone with Dara Irwin slotted over Kildare's much needed fourth point but almost immediately down the other end Conor Callahan had a goal on his mind and he did just that to get the Dubs fifth goal of the game Dublin looking very dangerous in attack and in control in every way here the half time score Kildare 6 points Dublin 5 goals and 7 points
1: The Dubs are back it's 5 8 to 8 points now in Croke Park uh, that's yeah 23 points 8 15 points in that um so it must be tough to be in that dressing room at time to be a Kildare player. Like, how do you even psych yourself up to get back out? And it was probably similar as well in Fitzgerald Stadium today for the Limerick guys. They went in at halftime, I think it was 12-3. Um and yeah, how do you set yourself up? Because you know you're just going out into a team that are going to be able to go down the stretch a lot uh, better than you can. Uh, but you know these Division One teams up against, um, you know, well Kildare our Division One team as well also. But this is look Kildare versus Dublin in the Inter Championship. We know the story that that's been over the last ten years. But Kerry playing Limerick, Limerick lost the Division Three final of the Allianz uh, League uh, this year. Um, so it's a good going for Limerick football. In fairness, Billy Lee, we'll hear from him a small bit later he's done an excellent job with Limerick in the last couple of years but they lost another final today Kerry picked up their 83rd Munster title, a massive victory over Limerick. O'Sheen Langan reports from Fitzgerald Stadium.
3: Kerry won 28, Limerick 8 points. A comprehensive performance from the Kingdom, who capture their 83rd provincial crown. The hosts led 12 points to 3 at the break. A good save from Limerick's Donald O'Sullivan, denying Kerry a goal. Whatever hope the Shannonsiders might have had was extinguished early in the second half as Kerry scored 6 without reply. Ian Corbett, second of the match, stopped the rot. But within seconds, Killian Spilan's goals sent a message that the champions weren't letting up. It's hard to know what Jack O'Connor can take from this game, although he will be pleased that all six starting forwards got on the score sheet with Killian Spillane notching up one three. For Limerick, the positives to cling to was their work rate for large periods of the match, and some fine point scoring by Kean Sheen, Ian Corbett, and Josh Ryan. An attendance of 14,587 watched Kerry beat Limerick by 128 to 8 points.
1: Yeah, we'll now hear from Killian Splann who started uh, instead of David Clifford. David Clifford picked up an injury in a challenge game, I believe. So, uh, so I've heard anyway. Uh, when I was at home in Kerry, uh, yeah, he scored one three as we heard just there. Here he is speaking after collecting the man of the match award sortie. Of.
2: a monster title, a man of the match performance, a goal, carrying on family traditions, and all alongside your your brother. What does a day like today mean to you?
3: Look, it means everything. Obviously, uh, we have a lot of tradition in things, playing with Kerry and stuff, but look, myself and Adrian are here to leave our own stamp in it, so we're just very happy with the results and things today, and Adrian came on and scored a great as result, so we're very satisfied.
2: It's one of the most dangerous forward uh, units in the whole country. What's it like to play in that forward unit? Uh,
3: I think there's a good connection between everyone. Obviously, David was missing today. Look, and we have lads who can slat in and do a job for him as well. But yeah, look, there's, there's good cohesion. We work together a lot in training ourselves as a farmers' unit. So once we put it into fruition in the games, it's, it's very satisfying coming out, especially with a, with a positive result.
2: Yeah, for sure. And a big scoreline as well. But there's massive competition for places, that I'd imagine. What's the environment like? How competitive is it?
3: Oh, it's hugely competitive. But I suppose if you want to be winning all Ireland and competing at the highest level that's that's what you need. And in Kerry I think and especially in the Forbes we are Rob always going to have massive competition. So when you get a chance it's about it's about taking it to the best of
1: your ability. Yeah, Killian Spillane there uh, speaking after winning Man of the Match and it's the first time in a while really that uh, that uh Spillane has kind of stepped to the forefront Um, I remember seeing him give an unbelievable display in, in the 2014 All-Ireland minor final uh, Kerry beat, beat Donegal in the senior final that year I remember seeing him in the minor final he was unbelievable he was kind of the David Clifford before David Clifford uh, if you can understand what I mean and I think the best the only other time he's really stuck out was the drawn game against Dublin in 2019 where he pretty much almost won Kerry that final he was unbelievable Uh, I think he came on as a sub quite early in that match Um, but it's good to see him uh, step to the forefront especially instead of David Clifford Uh, it just shows there's many strings to the Kerry bow and um, they'll await now uh, in the uh, I suppose Cork could end up uh, if they get through the qualifiers meeting Kerry again in the quarter final who knows Uh, Limerick football boss Billy Lee also spoke to O'Sheen uh, following his side's monster final defeat to Kerry this afternoon
3: Kerry Beat
1: your team today in the Munster final. What's your reaction? What are your thoughts on the game? Sure,
4: look, it was a difficult day in the office for us, and, um, you and we all probably no back We are going to learn something. Um, you're talking about favourites in the, um, the All Ireland. Um, we're on order Division Three, so there's quite a that's quite a gap, and um, I suppose I our unfold here today I kind of just proved that. So look. Um, we feel so proud of the lads, the work they've done in the last number of years. We we won't shy away from the fact that we got a right slap in the chin today. It requires work for us to do from here as we face into the next ground and maybe division two next year but that's fine. I'll back our lads to try and go and do it and whether we get the improvement or not, let time be the judgment. But it won't be for the lack of effort anyway that we'll try. What do you think your lads will have learned from today? Because that's the key thing, isn't it? To have taken something from the game. I suppose just the speed, the skill level, the execution, um the movement. We will add another four or five things to that, you know. Um, if you compare club football Kerry in Limerick, you know, it's different gravy and um, these lads are used to it and they know and it's interchanging and, and it's just different gravy. The lads wouldn't have been used to that, and it's there's no other way of putting it there's no putting sugar sugarcoating in it. But, you know, they're good lads, they're educated lads, and they'll take the they'll take the slap right on the chin and we'll we'll come back and do the best we can. And that's it. You know, there's more important things in life than well, also keep sports is to be played and to be enjoyed and try and improve you're constantly trying to challenge yourself and improve yourself and that goes without saying but we won't be too despondent about it we don't get too high with the highs and we don't get too low with the lows How good is it that you got another big game coming in the qualifiers? I'll tell you that in two weeks after <laughs> at the back end of that you know because you, you know, I don't know where the qualifiers going I don't know what quali- you know you will be facing you could be facing Tyrone Managhan or um, who am I missing the fourth division one team. Uh, they're Armagh. Armagh, you know, uh, so they're division one team. Yeah, they're division one teams, you know, Tyrone, Man Mayo and Armagh. Like, so you know, we'll be learning from all those teams, and then you know we're running up from division three, and then you've got the Clare Mees or, or Lough like, you know, so all those will be serious challenges for us, and we'll shock it. Like, we'll just turn up, train, get on with it, and not get too excited one by the other. Cheers, Billy. Thanks for so me
1: it's about as good uh, an interview as you can do after that really isn't it Uh, but uh, that man has done a lot of work with Limerick football and in fairness to him he's brought it to a place that hasn't come close to in in a long long time so uh, hopefully for Munster football's sake Limerick can continue to improve um, along with uh, along with Cork I suppose as well also um, and create as competitive a championship as possible which will benefit all the counties in in the province Um, I think everyone can agree Uh, moving on to the ladies football now big day for cork uh, but first uh Dublin stopped Meath from completing a clean sweep of trophies in the ladies football championship the Royals were looking to add to uh, Linster, uh, they were looking to add the Linster, uh title to the National League and All-Ireland Crowns which they've picked up in the last uh, year and a bit uh, however Hannah Tyrrell's penalty helped give the Dubs a 1-7-1-5 victory over their rivals in the provincial decider now moving on to Cork who uh, played the curtain raiser in Killarney they defeated Kerry to to 19 if it's stadium to become this year's uh, senior ladies football champions um, I'm sorry I'm after getting lost oh yes first we have uh, Cork boss Shane Ranaen after the game
5: ok Shane uh, c- congratulations a fantastic victory for Cork hard earned in such tough conditions
6: what's your assessment of your team's performance yeah look we were very happy overall uh, it really was a tough game Kerry really put it up to us um I know they got back to start second half and we dug it out and I think you know a couple of the changes we made the fresh legs we brought in we felt they'd make a big difference today because we have a very strong panel. And I think that proved it there. You know, likes of Rachel Lee coming on there added great energy to it. And, you know, I thought you know the you know putting May back wing back walk putting Melissa into midfield. We just needed to freshen it up because we had we have a lot of bodies out there putting in a lot of work and they, our tackle rate in the first half was through the roof. It was it was actually higher than it was in the whole Watford game. So um, that was testament to the girls. Like and we're look we're very happy overall. Yeah, we were a bit sloppy up front. We didn't take enough first chances and we need to be better at that but look you know, every day we're trying to go out and improve. And if we were brilliant today, we'd be thinking we're great, and that, that doesn't work. The one day we, the one day we want to finalise this thing all out is when they are, we, we know if we win in all Ireland, and that's the day to be, be able to put in our best performance We're building towards that, and look, that's that's our that's our target. But we're very happy. Munster titles aren't easy won, uh, especially down here in Kerry. And you know, we we're, we'll enjoy this for the next couple of days, and then we'll get uh, down to thinking about Donegal in a few weeks' time. But look, these players, deserve it they're putting in unbelievable work. Uh, I'm very very proud of them. Uh, there's a massive panel there. There's players. That bench today, who could probably play for any other team in the county who didn't get a run to or country who, could get a, who, who didn't get a run today, and like that's testament to the squad that we have. Where's the light? It's, it's unbelievable commitment. I heard someone on the week during the week questioning Cork players' commitment. You know, I've researched this rubbish in all my life. Uh, I know I punted on 2FM, like, how dare they question our players' commitment to what these girls put in week in, week out? You know, uh, astounded to hear that, and I think they got their answer today. Unbelievable commitment from 1 to 30, and the throw guards who couldn't talk out have been absolutely fantastic since day one. And our, you know, we're cocking. We're we're trying to trying to get better, and we we'll, hopefully we can be better the next day. Home park more to go. Looking back on the now. Yeah, look, we got two two important goals I felt we it, could have caught a couple of more Even in the second half We created a few chances Just the last pass Maybe given it a bit too late Or whatever like that But, you know, look We were a little bit sloppy up front today I'd have to say that Like, you know, and some players Will be disappointed with our performances But, look, we got the job done um, You know, we I thought defensively We were excellent Our tackle count was brilliant Our work rate from everybody Like, you know, look the Libby there or Anya Terry Unbelievable work right here when we were put her back midfield You know, she was back there Winning kickouts Young Rachel Lee and minor You wouldn't think it the way She played there for the 15 minutes she was on, but like that's that's the squad we have. Looking as I said, those girls over there who got no run, who are putting in the same work, and I think that's, as I said, testament to the commitment that these girls have and how good they are for this county and how what great ambassadors they are and what great people they are. Look, they're a great bunch. I enjoy working with them every day of the week. Um, you know, and look, we're, we've we we've, we've a good few weeks ahead of us now, getting ready for Donegal and look, we'll be ready for. Him.
1: Yeah, excellent stuff there from Shane, and uh, yeah, very passionate. At the end of that, Chair uh, McCarthy also spoke to. Uh, Co manager for Kerry uh, Declan Quill and in a bit we'll hear from Jar and also the Cork Captain uh, morrow Callan so here's Declan Quill I'm here with
5: uh, one of the carry managers Declan Quill following their Munster, semi- or Munster football final loss to Cork here in Clarny in very very hot conditions Declan commiserations on the result how do you assess your side's performance
7: um, we were good in patches um, probably in front of the goals we'd be very disappointed really um, you know, we played brilliantly I suppose in the first 15-20 minutes uh, just left a lot after us um, you know easy scores what we would consider easy scores and the girls who had them well capable of taking them so look um, be disappointed in that sense. Uh, we've kept battling until the end. We maybe had a chance of a, a goal there towards the end. Uh, referee gave a free out for a barge. Uh, I'd like to see it again but look, maybe it was. Uh, but look, Cork deserved their victory definitely like they were the better team on the day. We have no crams about that but uh, look, it's that's the end of the Munster Championship. We're looking forward now to two weeks' time and the uh, start of a new, a new competition.
5: Yeah, and you're making progress all the time. It's already been a very positive year and there's a lot more to come from this team. As you said, those, those missed chances aside, you were you were with Cork throughout this whole match. A lot to build on.
7: Yeah, we do. And, you know, you come back out of here today and say, geez, that was absolutely awful. We're back to square one again. But we're not like, you know, the, the girls will take great heart from that in a way. When they, when they get over those next couple of days, they'll see, look, that we played well for, for good in a lot of patches in the game. Um, we were there with, you know, the second or third best team in Ireland uh, right till the very end. Um, a bit of great experience, obviously, Kiro Sullivan kind of ran the game towards the end there when they brought her back to midfield and uh, she got on an awful lot of ball so uh, just a bit of experience from Cork you know, got them, got them over the line in the end but uh, like I said they thoroughly deserved it uh, but you know look we're not finished for the year we're going to regroup now Wednesday night and uh, go at it again hard I think we've Galway in two weeks time by the looks of it I think we're in the group with Galway and Westmead by the looks of it so yeah it's a new competition let's start again um, we've won competition, won one competition, lost and uh, one to go
1: yeah, and now we do have uh car captain Mark Allen post game chatting jar. Uh, Cork captain Mairead Callan,
5: you just lifted the Munster, uh, TG Car Munster LGFA Senior Football Championship trophy. Lovely moment for you, but uh, more importantly, a big win for Cork today and a good performance.
8: Yeah, one hundred percent. We're definitely happy with our performance today. Like it was really tit for tat. It was such a tight game, and look to get over the line when it's at stake. Really, like we're really happy with that, and you know we'll gain a lot from this game as well.
5: Yeah, Kerry really put it up to you. Those two goals were hugely important.
8: 100% yeah like um, Kerry they were outstanding today like I mean I suppose we kind of kept them without being able to attack and that like kept us under less pressure I suppose in the back line then because they didn't get that much ball down at the forwards. so credit is due to our forwards as well for really slowing them down trying to get the ball up to the field to get an attack for themselves
5: um, and from your own point of view playing at Fitzgerald Stadium and playing in front of a big crowd, just coming in towards the end lovely moment for the players and uh, hopefully a lot more things to come
8: yeah, 100%. I mean, we're delighted today. We know, you know, we have our sights set on other things later in the year as well. So it's great to get the silverware back in the camp. And also, I suppose we yeah, it hasn't played, been played since 2019. So look, we're delighted to get the victory today.
1: Yeah, uh, just to bring you up to date with what is going on uh, with the Champions Cup, just before we get to Jars recap on that match. It is Leinster 18 points, La Rochelle uh, 10, uh, La Rochelle have uh, just been awarded a penalty on uh, the Leinster, just outside the Leinster 5-metre line. Uh, Ronan O'Gares, La Rochelle, of course, uh, going for the victory there after uh, finishing runners-up last year. Leinster looking for their fifth uh, star. Um, also ongoing, Dublin are continuing to uh, extend their lead against Kildare Kildare have actually pulled the goal back uh, I apologise I've misspoke it's 5-12 to one eleven in the Leinster final in Croke Park here's Ger on the uh, Cork versus Kerry uh, Munster Ladies football final and Cork's victory in that alright Ger McCarthy was our man in Fitzgerald Stadium for uh, Cork's win over Kerry in the Munster Ladies senior football final Ger uh, 2-11 to 1-9 the final score tell me what kind of game was it?
9: That uh, was a really entertaining game in, and two very important goals in the first half, one from the penalty spot, brilliantly dispatched by Emma Cleary and another superb finish uh, from Orla Finn were very, very important because they handed Cork a 2-6 to 1-4 halftime lead. And although Kerry came back at them and got within two points in the second half, Cork had more than enough to hold them off and finished very strongly with um, Laura or Orla Finn, Anya Terry Sullivan who got player of the match and uh, uh, Rachel Lee coming up, um with a late point as well to, to ensure that Cork won out uh, I think it's worth mentioning it was an unbelievably hot warm and sweltering day here in, in Killarney so the players efforts in the second half was a fantastic first half but obviously players tired in the second period and Cork just had enough done I think between those two goals in the first half to keep Kerry at arm's length and deserve the
1: win How much of a different prospect was this Kerry team to Kerry teams in the past couple of years?
9: Completely different. Um, this is a Kerry team on the up, and you're right to mention this the last few years. Ever since Declan Quill and Dara Long went in there, they've they've done a fantastic job. Um, this is a team that's won the second division, not an easy division to win. Um, they'll be playing Division One football next year and look, and are equipped and look ready for us. They have a lot of dangerous forwards. No, Erica McGlynn didn't have a good game. She came off very early. But you've got Louise and Mary Hertig, you've got Anna Galvin, you've got Lorraine Scanlon yellow O'Leary. There's a lot of good talent there, and as well as that, there's a lot of talent coming through on the underage structures. It's a solid, strong Kerry team that will need a year or maybe two to bet in at the top level in Division One, but they'll benefit from it. Um, and the big thing, I suppose, and takeaway as well from today, Aidan, is carry Kerry missed seven scoring chances in the first half. Normally, you would expect them to get those scores and that would have put a very different complexion on the game. Uh, it's something Declan Quill mentioned in his after interview with us. They were poor misses and right near the end when they got within three of Cork, they had one decision where one of their forwards uh, collided or barged whichever way you want to put it with a Cork defender and the ref gave, instead of a free in close to the goal, he gave a free out and momentum swifted back to Cork and Laura Manny punched one over the bar. They're small margins but they're things that Kerry will learn from. They're a team on the up. They have a lot of raw talent, and they will certainly be a stronger proposition heading into the All Ireland Championship.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was certainly a great run out, and Shane O'Nan will be happy that his side have gotten a really good test.
9: Yes, and um, Cork uh, going to an All Ireland qualification group now, where they face Waterford again. The side they beat the semi-finals of the Munster and Gall who lost out to Armagh after extra time up in Ulster. So they are two tough matches. Um, but this, this match will have brought them on hugely. There were some excellent displays all over the pitch. Roisin Fielding was outstanding, as was Eamonn Meany. And in goal, uh, Mabel Sullivan from Moran Abbey did very, very well. Very solid in the kickouts coming in from Martino O'Brien today. Another talking point that I think we'll hear about more during the week, Libby Coppenter played more or less the full game. It's not the full game, I can't remember. She played the full game. Um, obviously, there's a camogie match tonight. Uh, Cork are playing Clare at 6 o'clock in Parky Ring Uh, and Maeve O'Sullivan the other dual player uh, involved with the Cork senior camogie team, she came on as well in the second half so both of those players featured today I don't know by the time this goes out whether or not they'll feature for the Cork senior camogie team but I think this dual player clash is something we're going to be reading about and hearing about in the coming week
1: Mm, Yeah and it's certainly more uh, prevalent in, in, in ladies football and camogie than, I mean it's totally been eradicated from the men's game at this stage
9: well, there's been a lot of comment online and a lot of things written, uh, both in Cork and outside Cork this week, about pointing the finger of blame at one or other of the two associations. It's not really much to do with Cork, it's the fixing of fixtures and just a bit of common sense involved. Um, you know, but one of the things that happened earlier in the Munster Camogie Championship was Claire and Tip drew a game and didn't go to extra time, and it went to a replay. And that one Camogie fixture threw a lot of things out of, out of kilter. Now, it shouldn't do that, it shouldn't come to that, but that's the reality. Look, I think for the players, they have to be at the centre of it. What's best for them? What makes most sense? But there's so many interested parties. There's the two Cork teams, there's two sets of managers, and there's TV. And the TV will dictate when games are on. And unfortunately, I think this dual-player issue is not going to go away. In fact, I think it's going to get a little bit worse if it before and if it gets better. Um, but it's sad to see it. You know, the two players of the talent of Maeve Callan and Libby Coppager couldn't play on opposite days because they, they, they're they two thirds of the Cork senior full camogie full back line and they're very very important members of the Cork team Coppenter played exceptionally well today and Mith made a difference when she came on hopefully hopefully it common sense will see out in the, in the coming weeks and months but I doubt it
1: Yeah I'm sure you're going to cover plenty of that and more and also uh, some interviews as well during the week on the Women in Sport podcast Ger um, a look a great day for Cork ladies football another Munster title heading into the All-Ireland Championship thanks a million
9: Thanks, Ed. Talk to you so much.
1: Yeah, Jar will have uh, plenty more uh, reaction and interviews on Thursday on the Women in Sport podcast on redfm.ie and all major podcast platforms and you can also uh, get this show uh, after it uh, ends uh, on Saturdays and Sundays on redfm.ie if you missed it, Leinster's lead in the Champions Cup final has been cut to one point, La Rochelle Ron O'Gara's La Rochelle of course have gone in for a try, it's 18 points to 17, and uh, Approaching the 64th minute So that is going to be A superb finish um, In Marseille And uh, as we were just hearing there From Ger of course uh, The Cork Camogie uh, seniors Playing in Parky Rin In the uh, first round Of the All-Ireland Championship And it's Cork O'Liedclair Six points to three um, and also of course Dublin and Kildare still ongoing and a bit of a recession there just like it was in the Munster uh, final in Killarney earlier which we which we heard a reaction from already right coming up after the break Dylan O'Connell, O'Connell is in Paris for us he'll preview the Champions League final between Real Madrid and Liverpool we also hear from David Harrington after Cork City's massive massive win over Galway United uh, won it last night and they go back in top of the first division table and uh, we also hear briefly uh, from uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan ahead of his huge huge fight tonight a world title fight for the and Man and uh, yeah it's going to be it uh, as I said from start to finish a massive massive day of sport so uh, stick with us and don't go away
10: The Big Red Game on. Saturday
0: and Sunday from 6pm Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.
1: You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until 7. Leinster have... Uh well gone back into a four point lead uh, in marseille twenty one points to seventeen they just tapped over a penalty and La Rochelle have picked up Sinbin with about uh, eight minutes to go in the sinbin so sixty six minutes gone in the game um so they're down to yeah they're down to fourteen men in a fairly crucial part of the game and leinster looking uh, very likely now to be adding uh, a fifth star. Uh, to their crest um at the end of this game. Um also at the moment that's uh, slipping through the cracks I suppose with everything else that's going on the French Open at Roland Garris last year's runner up Stefan City pass is through to the fourth round um the number four seed completed a straight set victory over Mikhail Emer uh, he, uh, he, who knocked out, uh, Britain's Dan Evans earlier in the tournament, um, in the women's draw, Iga Siatwick, uh, oh, you gotta love the, the tennis names, brought her, uh, 31st straight win to reach, uh, the last 16, um, and the world number one, uh, the world number one beast, Danka uh, 6375, uh, so, uh, maybe that's why the tennis slips through the cracks. Nobody can read what's going on. Uh, right, as we mentioned, uh, it's Champions League final night, um, it's uh, quite unbelievable. Uh, I always I'm saying it with, with weeks. that It just feels so weird to have a lot of like GA matches on and like provincial finals on the same day as a Champions League final. Because I just think it's just it shouldn't be on. Right. the, the, the GA should only be starting now as, as the Champions League and stuff is finishing up. Um, but yeah, I'm very envious of this man Dylan O'Connell who is over in Paris and uh, he's going to give us a sense of what it's all like. Uh, in the build-up to the game between Real and uh, Real Madrid. Uh, I almost said Real versus Madrid there. Real Madrid versus Liverpool. All right, not long to go now to the big game. Uh, this evening, 8pm kickoff. it's Real Madrid uh, versus Liverpool in the Champions League final. And I'm very jealous of Dylan O'Connell, who is in Paris. Tell me, what's it like over there?
10: Oh my God, it's, just, it's unbelievable. It's just a pure sense in the football. At one end, you got, like, uh, I'd say at least 50,000 Liverpool fans you know, the other end, of you got fifty thousand Manchester fans. Just general football fans, not like got a PSG fans here from the day, looking for for uh, vengeance through the former Liverpool.
1: But like, no, it's unbelievable. It. I think it's incredible. Yeah, and like, uh, I suppose a lot of people are saying how they're they're a lot happier that it's two different uh, two different nationalities of teams that are meeting in the final. Uh, that it's a it's a much different feel when you have someone like a Spanish team like Real going up against the English team like Liverpool
10: one hundred percent, like again, if it was like Chelsea Van City the like a Premier League game. And I know there's been three all Premier League clashes in like Champions League final ever since, but they always had the feel of a Premier League game. Like your point of reference isn't the nineteen eighty one European Cup final. Your point of reference will be the cup game um, beforehand. Away from that though, like the Premier League is factory of the money at the moment. Look at the funds on Lucas and the funds in, in, in Manchester City, like it is the wealthiest league in the world. So like you need, you know, club it's it's in danger with the Champions League of having like Manchester City, Liverpool, of having a Premier League hegemony. So we need these finals.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's unique stuff. Like I, I'm not sure what what other experiences you've had at, at games like this. Um, where can you rate it among those?
10: Like so far, like I suppose you get you get you do get a little bit of the the matches though. But again, this is the Champions League final. It's the biggest sporting event in the world. It's like I someone described yesterday: the world super bowl. So, like, there was a kind of sense of, like, you could drink in every second. Like, the fans, the buzz of the train, the fact that, like, you're seeing, like, yesterday I was at watching the teams warming up. Michael O'Neill, McManaman, and Owen Harder, who's little five feet away from me. Yesterday, I kind of thought he was a five feet away from me. And it was a bit, like, like, you Ireland me my bread and butter. I call Irish football. Everyone knows that about mate. So this is kind of, like, it's like it the local gig in the bowl, going to, like, Wembley, with I cheer, and you're going have backstage.
1: You just said there that you had uh, Del Piero looking over your shoulder, not too long ago.
10: Yeah, like yesterday he was on, I think it was an Italian uh, station, but I think he, he was on the mix there. I was like, 9th, 9th, and I I'm with him, people were shooting for pictures with him, and I was like, that's Del Piero. He scored the same story as Shamar for back in 2010. <laughs> or 2008. Yeah. back when they played in the Europa League. He also went to work
1: off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got to say that too. He said the text message. He also won a World Cup. Uh, look, tell me this game. I, I actually cannot. I cannot really drill down into this game to even try and analyse it because Real Madrid are unanalyzable in this Champions League this season.
10: Like, there's a sense of entitlement with Madrid. Like, there are Real Madrid they are Champions League won the first five editions of it. Like, even away from history like that, the twenty fourteen, they scored the equalising goal in the last second. Everyone thought it like they'd be frustrated when you did this back in 2017. They did it. They find ways to win no matter what. But then the thing in Liverpool teams who are like as footballs and the mentality monsters, they're the, they're the teams who were like you know already won the league cup, won the FA Cup. They overturn within 11 points uh, lead City had and chased them down to the final day of the season. The 20 minutes of the season so like it's literally like what happens in a new a move with Rossi still on top of
1: like someone like Karim Benzema is such a different prospect to what the likes of Virgil van Dyke has come up against all through the season how much damage can he do to this Liverpool defence do you think?
10: Oh like it's, it, he's capable what, what he gave himself but I think a lot of the performances so far have been taken on the context of the fact that he like through respected perspective bottomless and like Miguel Delaney's mentioned mentioned this, this week in the the BBC uh, right podcast they completely even if you look at the Chelsea game, Stamford Bridge it uh, was a Mendy through the ball to Benzema and that was one of the goals Man City completely capitulated in the second half in like in extra time in the, the Bernabeu
1: uh, Looking at Liverpool like we've heard a lot of talk out of uh, Mane and uh, Salah About contracts And whether they're going to be Staying at the club And all this And they're going to be Telling us after the game And all this nonsense But uh, looking at Liverpool Themselves Like they've come into this Off the back of Quite a tough couple of weeks And a lot of games And really The seven days they've had Since the end of the Premier League Is probably the longest rest They've had in maybe a month
10: I think there's a period I think it's The start of May I think Or the late April or the day They play it every three days But like I know people talk about It's higher of the squad though But like I remember people spoke a couple the years to Manchester City when they got the year to win the best in treble of like that too many games and it was like no this will win like, because they see some more footballers and I, I mean in every sport, they want more games they want to be playing they want that excitement they, they trade under that environment
1: I suppose just uh, just before I let you go I know it's probably very hectic where you are at the moment um, before I let you get back to it all I suppose give us a quick prediction do you think this has the potential to go all the ways to penalties I, pos- I personally think myself it'll be decided in extra time what do you think
10: I think we're in the in minutes I could see 3-1
1: if I'd give a score prediction Uh it will be Benzema's final good stuff alright very, very, very definitive from oh. Dylan there and he's not playing up to any of the Liverpool fans listening in in Cork anyway that's for sure alright great stuff Dylan look we'll let you go thanks for taking the call no other yeah Jesus wouldn't want to be a Liverpool fan here and that anyway he's giving you absolutely no chance uh, he thinks uh, Benzema's going to lead you on a merry dance anyway in, in Paris uh, 3-1 jeez I don't know I, th- I personally think it'll go right down to the wire I think I think one side might take like a, a t- one or two goal lead might you know probably more than likely Liverpool Real Madrid club back but I, I don't see go to penalties but I possibly see it go with extra time so you never know but it will be a good one uh, I will be in the car for most of it unfortunately uh, so I don't even know if it's on uh, I don't know where I'm going to be able to, to keep myself updated uh, but I'm sure I'll find a way um, in Wembley uh, sorry before we get to that uh, just a few uh, fans uh, speaking before the match uh, in Paris tens of thousands are there I think they expected about 60 I think there's over 60 gone Um like Jürgen Klopp's men are aiming to add to the league and FA Cups, of course, um, and the supporters in the French capital believe they will do it.
11: If Thiago and Fabinho start, no problem. Salah, Mane, Diaz, I think we've got too much from up front.
2: I just think uh, Liverpool have better quality going forwards and defending.
10: I think it will start off quite cagey. By the way Liverpool play, I don't think Real Madrid can cope with their attacking trio.
1: Yeah, and also this weekend and tomorrow as well, uh, the playoff finals they're always fantastic playoff finals are brilliant they're great watch the championship playoff final is tomorrow of course Nottingham Forest uh, versus Huddersfield I'm sure there's plenty of Forest fans in Cork of course uh, once fantastic club and it'll be great to see them back in the Premier League um, but uh, back into uh, the the third tier of Eng- the third tier of English football is Port Vale uh, they were 3-0 victors over a 10-man Mansfield in the League 2 playoff final uh, Keane Harris James Wilson and Mal Benning got the goals in Wembley It'll be the first time in five years Port Vale will play in League One. Now, uh, moving on to domestic uh, action as Dublin, uh, the full-time whistle goes in Croke Park. Dublin are the Leinster champions easily enough against Kildare, but uh, focusing on domestic action, a massive, massive victory for Cork City last night, away to Galway United. Of course, they dropped points at home uh, at Turner's Cross to Wexford, and Galway went two points at the top of the table. uh, But... um, Seriously a uh, a tough game um uh, last night and again that man Matt Healy with just a, a wonder strike again and I don't know how many times he's done it and you'll hear a bit you'll hear from David Harrington here uh, about his uh, about the nickname he's giving him at training and about the big performance last night David Harrington joins me on the line after a massive victory last night uh, against Galway United David you must be uh, waking up a happy man this morning
12: Yeah woke up in a great in a great mood now this morning. Um it was a great win. Um you can just see like how much we wanted to win the game. We went down to ten men, defended very well, took our chances I suppose. We didn't have that many but Mahili again, he just doesn't miss the target really and um when we went one up we knew we had a job to do and defend the goal and we said at a half time that a clean sheet, win us the game, and that's what we did. We held on strong and defended our box and
1: got the three points. Does Matt Healy just do those in training, like every every other day, or what's the story? Like it's unbelievable at this stage.
12: I call him Lampard because I've never seen a midfielder like him who just hits the target so much and scores goals. Even in even in training, he's just unbelievable. Left and right foot, top corner, bottom corner. Unbelievable finisher.
1: Um, I suppose for you as well, uh, clean sheet, you must have been very happy with that.
12: Yeah, I thought um I thought we were very good defensively. Um the back three and the two wing backs, even the midfield, we all but we all worked so hard like to defend the goal, but um it comes from the forwards as well. I think like you're pressing from the front throughout the whole ninety minutes and like when Keats got sent off it made it a bit tougher but um no, when we went into a defensive shape, I think we defended really well and we we dug deep when we needed to and put bodies on the line and that's what got us three
1: points in the end. Was it probably the most pressure you've you've played under so far even in in your career I suppose over the last two seasons like having dropped the points last week going away to the guys you're you're chasing down to leapfrog them again like there's a nice bit of pressure on that.
12: Um I wouldn't say it was like a lot of pressure I think it was just kind of we knew we needed a reaction from the Westford game because it wasn't good enough and we knew that ourselves but there was no real sense of panic or anything in the dressing room being like oh we need to win or we're we're in trouble no it was never that it was just we knew we had to win the game because last week wasn't good enough and we knew we could win the game there was no there was no sense of oh we need to win we need to win it was just kind of go out and do what we can do and do what we do every and win football matches and that's what we that was kind of the goal in the dressing room we just said let's get back to basics let def- let's defend well like we've been doing all year really and we should have, like we have the players to go and win the game and I think we just had the self-belief really from the moment we left the dressing room after the Wexford game we were just kind of like look it's a new week and need to focus on going away away and I think that's what we did we had a good week of training and we just went out and did what we normally do and got the three points
1: you have a break now. Um is it a good time is a good timing to have a break? Um I suppose if it was interrupting a run of, you know, a consecutive win streak or whatever, it mightn't be so great timing, but um uh, are you happy to, to have the break at the moment? Um I think I think
12: it's I think there's positives and negatives. I think there's a lot of positives in, in the fact that like, you know, people get rest and there's injuries to there's injuries to kinda Get over, and I think there's a few knocks and stuff. So recovery is massive. So um, that's of course a positive, but I wouldn't really say it's a negative. But it, it would be nice to have a game after such a big win. But it's yeah. good to it's good to get a rest in, and like I know a few of them are going on holidays and stuff. And um, no, they'll enjoy the break. We'll enjoy the break now, and um, we'll get back in training and get ready right for the next game. So no, I think I think it it's good it's good to have a break because i think people can get recharged and we'll be ready to go again then when
1: we get back i suppose uh, an an opponent last night alex murphy the news broke this morning that he's after being uh, snapped up by by newcastle uh, by the newcastle academy come july i think um, when you when you see guys in your division uh, being picked up by english clubs like it must be really encouraging i suppose to know that you're you're being you're being watched and you're being appreciated like
12: yeah, yeah, of course, and fair play to him. It's a, it's a great move, and he's a great player for his age. Only still only seventeen, and he'll learn loads when he goes over. But um, no, I think, I think if if you want, if that's your goal in football to go to go to England, then I think it's a, it's a great kind of incentive because I think people just know though that like if you do put in the work and keep the head down, work hard, and help your team week in week out, and put in performances, like there's opportunities there and. I think you just have to perform with perform to your maximum capabilities every week, and see where see where it takes you. Like always, give one hundred percent, and whether that be on or off the pitch, just be the best professional you can be. Like and give
1: yourself every chance, I suppose. Absolutely, great stuff, David. Look, uh, well done last night, and uh, enjoy the break ahead.
12: Thanks a million. Thanks very much.
1: Yeah, David Harrington uh, there after Cork City's win against Galway last night. It's halftime in Parky Rin in the uh, All-Ireland Senior Komogi Championship and it's Cork leading 1-8 to 4 points. Um, Chloe Sigerson, uh With 3 uh, Long range points And Amy O'Connor With the goal For the Rebels And uh, It's not the easy finish I thought it would be For Leinster in fairness La Rochelle have Leinster Under serious pressure 76 minutes gone The clock has stopped It's Leinster 21 La Rochelle 17 And La Rochelle Are back to their full complement After the sin bin being served La Rochelle have a scrum on the Leinster 5 metre line. Uh, now, coming up on Wednesday, a uh, huge chance for uh, redemption for the Cork Minor Footballers uh, after their defeat to Kerry in Trillia a few weeks ago. Um, it was quite a heavy defeat, but they bounced back. And they uh, gave Tipperary uh, a bit of a hammering in Semple Stadium um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think, to, to book their place uh, in the final again. And I spoke to Cork minor boss Michael O'Brien uh, about uh, the game against Tipperary, how the squad are shaping up, and of course, the prospect of facing Kerry once again. I'm joined now by Cork minor football boss Michael O'Brien. Michael, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench.
13: Oh, no problem at all.
1: Um, I suppose the last time I met you um, it, just after the final whistle in Tralee um, after a difficult defeat to carry um, but things now are are looking a lot different he had a great win over Tipperary and um, there must be a a, lot, a big difference in the camp at the moment
13: I know definitely um, we needed a good response after the disappointing display in Tralee and, and we definitely got that scoring three twenty. 20 and the most important thing was we scored three fourteen from play so look, the, the, the atmosphere is really good And we're really looking forward to Wednesday night
1: Yeah, you had eight different scores as well in Simple Stadium Which is a massive positive
13: I know, absolutely There was a good mix And especially our, uh, you know, our two inside forwards um, score, Scored a lot And our centre forward who, who came in the game got 1-5 So look, dude, there was an awful lot of positives to take from that game
1: um, and it was needed as well just to get the morale and everything b- back up to where it should be And I suppose as well it's a group that probably haven't been together that uh, long either so even in the last three or four weeks like that's quite a lengthy time for them to have been together and to gel together
13: I know yeah and look you can play a lot of challenge matches but like challenge math- matches don't compare to championship and I suppose our first game and I know it was Kerry's first game as well um, but look, we've learned a lot. The players have learned a lot. The management have learned a lot, and, and, and it helped them going into the Tipperary game. Um, and again, we got a great performance out of out of the lads,
12: you know.
1: And now, of course, the face Kerry again, and like you said, it's great now to have had that game against Tipperary. Look, you, you know what you're going up against. I suppose with Kerry now.
13: I know they, they, Kerry are a very good team, um, and, and look, we know we know what we're up against. You know, um, and we know we're going to have to perform and put in a really strong performance um, against them. Um, but, but we're ready for it, and we think we are good. Like the, the game in Tralee you know, it didn't show uh, uh, the players' ability. You know, so we're really looking for a really good response come Wednesday night. Can we know it will th- be very difficult?
1: Yeah, can you can you get that sense off of the players that they know that they they can show so much more and, and they want to go and show it?
13: I know absolutely. In in training, the last um, since the Tipperary game has been really good. There's been a very good buzz around the place, and the, the players know that they, they, there's much more in them, um, and they they are ready to to show us come Wednesday night.
1: And I suppose just finally, is the have you got a full squad? Have you picked up any uh, niggly injuries or anything like that?
13: I know we, we, we've we a full squad and the, the game against Kerry, there was a, a couple of guys with niggles that didn't start um, and it looked they were all available so we're going with a full bit of health come Wednesday.
1: Uh, well, super stuff. Michael, best of luck and uh, a great victory against the Prairie and hopefully uh, a very good performance to come against Kerry in the Muster final.
13: Yeah, thanks a million. Cheers.
1: Uh, Cork Myer boss Michael O'Brien there. Ronan O'Gara is less than a minute away from winning the Champions Cup. La Rochelle have just crossed the line and it's now uh, with the conversion coming which uh, well he, sh- he should be tapping it over uh, no, in my humble opinion uh, but it's 21 points at 22 and uh, if he does put it over he's trying to milk of course everything he can out of it um, but I don't think he's going to be able to wait for the clock to go into the red somehow but, um, yeah, 20 seconds left before it does go into the red. Uh, it's La Rochelle, 22 points, Leinster 21. And it's looking like heartbreak for Leinster. Um, and, uh, yeah, f- fantastic for, for our very own Ron Nogara, of course. And we may as well stay. The clock will be in the red before he takes the kick. It is going to be all over. I thought there there was going to be too long. But the clock is in the red. And he kicks it over has he kicked it over slightly too early? He hasn't. The referee has blown the whistle. La Rochelle have defeated Leinster. Twenty well, I think the ball went over anyway, twenty-four points or sorry, twenty-five points to twenty-two, uh three points in it. Ron Ogara is a Heineken Cup uh winner as a player and now as the head coach. Um so fantastic stuff for Ronan Ogara and heartbreak for Leinster. Um, yeah, 24 points to 21 in the end. Right, let's hear now from, uh, uh, Michael O'Brien's counterpart, Kerry Minor Football Boss. Uh, James Costello speaking with Timmy Minehen from our colleagues at Radio Kerry.
0: Uh, it is of course Timmy. Yeah, a different game so uh, yeah, good to get the, the game under our belt I suppose the last day but uh, this will be a different capital of fish as you said having to go down to Cork and as I always say about miners, you never know what you're going to get in any given day so um, all we're looking for from our lads really is a solid performance and
14: I think they will give that their very solid group. And James, here that night in, in Austin Stack Park, we won convincingly, uh, even post- match interview with yourself we expected a little bit more from the Cork Miners, but as you said games take on a life of their own and minor, the minor grade is very unpredictable
0: yeah it's hugely unpredictable Tim I think look we, we got a little purple patch there playing into a strong wind for five or six minutes and that ultimately changed the game so um, but look we park it and move on we, we have to head down to Cork now down to Park Irene, a different experience for the lads and we're all looking forward to it
14: and this could help Cork as well James in the sense there uh, you, you call it the scenic route but uh, we see from uh, the uh, team on the night and the panel of players four or five changes, and those four or five changes had a, a huge impact on that result. Yeah, look, you can't you 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 you, you can't beat games, I suppose,
0: and um, it'll be interesting to see you know how we get on going down there. We'll focus on ourselves and put out the best team that we have in the day. Uh, I suppose there's both teams have already qualified now for an All Ireland quarter final, which is ten days later. So I suppose that's in the back of your head with injuries and things like that. You're trying to um, Anyone with a niggle Will probably be a bit More cautious But uh, at the same time It's a Munster final And uh, as they say In Kerry There's two dates In the diary The Munster final And the All-Ireland final And this silverware Up for grabs here For ourselves and Cork And we'll be doing Everything we can To try and bring it home
14: James the last time I asked you uh, How are you going to Keep these guys motivated And the standard You need to compete In a Munster final You said we'll go hell, hell for leather In training How's training gone? Our training's been great Look we've got a good Run of it now Since all
0: the um, Schools football And all all that has finished up club football so we've all the lads in every night and training hard uh, it's great uh, the weather's heating up a bit it was a rough enough spring so it's great to have uh, the sun on our back now and the dry pitches
14: Is James Costley going to do anything different for for the next week no different to your prep is there a bit more pressure because it's a provincial final this time even though they're all championship games winning that little coveted award uh, means a lot as well yeah um, I suppose look there's pressure every time you, you represent Kerry whether playing or, or as
0: a manager so we will go out as I said we don't think of it like that it's can we inflict our game plan in Cork and they'll be trying to do the same to us um, so it'll be whatever team settles well
14: and, and rides out the tough periods and, and capitalises on their purple periods I think they'll come out on top and James you said to me as well that you'd probably look uh, at the fixtures or in relation to teams that go to the direct route where you know Kerry maybe a lack of games it can be your downfall at times uh, whereas you know Cork going around that route uh, you can't beat that competitive edge in those games yeah yeah, games are huge Tim look I suppose uh, as
0: I said at the time if you, if you said to me you'd come through the games and get to a Munster final you'd, you'd take that route we, 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 we came direct and we have uh, to go with that now look and we'll take it uh, you know my views on the structure are well known but we'll take it the way it is now we'll go down to Cork and give it our best best
1: shot and see where it gets us Yeah, James Costado there, uh, speaking ahead of Wednesday's Munster final. It's Cork versus Kerry once again. Um, And the team news is in for the Champions League final, Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson are the three midfielders for Liverpool, so Thiago and Fabinho were the two uh, injury doubts weren't they? Uh, Alisson in goal uh, Trent, Canate, Van Dijk and Robertson the back four, as I said Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago and then it's Salah, Mane and Diaz and of course Cork's Cuyvin Kelleher uh, on the bench for Liverpool and let's have a look at the Real Madrid team, Thibaut Courtois starts in goal, Carvajal, Mili Tsao David Alaba and Ferland Mendy make up the back four it's Modric Kaisemiro, and Tony Cruz that midfield have played what is this their fourth final starting as that uh, trio at this stage it's quite remarkable and uh, it's Federico Valverde Karim Benzema and Vinicius Junior starting up front for Los Blancos and um, Gareth Bale makes the bench uh, as does Eden Hazard uh, for Madrid, uh, Rodrigo I suppose one to watch there he's come off the bench in a couple of games and uh, provided a bit of a, a killer blow at times also Eduardo Camavinga is a re- really good player there to, to bring on uh, for Madrid in the middle of the park. Now before we finish up um, as we mentioned what a massive night it is for Cork Boxing for Irish Boxing and for Gary Spike O'Sullivan uh, the Mahan fighter faces Aries Landy Lara in New York for the WBO middleweight title uh, uh, what a huge opportunity for him Rory spoke to him last week and uh, here's a bit of that chat ahead of the huge fight I think they're expected in the ring between 3 and half 3 in the morning uh, I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of people on Lee side staying up for it um, but yeah here's Spike speaking uh, to Rory earlier
15: it was um, to be honest I didn't even know if I'd ever box again or get the opportunity to box again uh, you know with the COVID and then um, the the war as well I just wasn't sure what way things were going to work out and um and I got this qualified for my dream fight, so um, I'm absolutely delighted. Like you know,
11: you'd obviously been staying fit in the meantime, Spike. I mean, like you obviously knew that, like you were hoping to, to fight this year. So you, you're definitely fighting, fit and ready for this. Well, I am
15: indeed. Uh, I was staying fit, uh, fit, and strong. I was getting my road work in and uh, down the Meride, uh, training with my coach, Dave O'Connell and UCC, and um, was keeping fit all the time, fit and strong uh, just needed to sharpen up the tools which I've been doing for the last five weeks to the best of my ability and um, I feel like um, I've uh, done as well as possible in that regard
11: Erislandy uh, Lara is a serious operator um, a fantastic opponent and just a, a, a great boxer overall spike
15: indeed um, it's great to share the ring with him um, he's regardless one of the all time greats of boxing Widely um, really thought that he beat Canelo when they fought but he just, just didn't get the decision And he's got three defeats in the record and all, all of them are uh, highly disputed They're, they reckon he won all three of those fights and uh, he's multiple times world champion both amateur and professional and he's a former Olympic well, Olympian, for Cuban, uh, or for mm. <laughs> Olympian for Cuba or for Cuba Olympian for Cuba so um it'd be a great way to win the title against uh, such a, uh, an amazing opponent
11: uh, You're fighting in um, in New York next week um, like the fact that there's going to be such a, a big crowd there first off but secondly I suppose with the, the massive um, Irish community over there there's going to be a huge Spike Sullivan crowd in the Barclays Centre next week
15: yeah, after hearing uh, loads and loads of stories uh, of people travelling over, it's it's great. And there's a big Irish community both in Boston, New York. I fought here several times, so, so there's going to be a lot of Irish there. Um, I think um, it's going to be around twenty thousand people at the fight.
11: That's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, like so, I mean, like there's been a great buzz at home. Have you kind of been picking up on that? And I'd imagine the amount of messages that you've been getting over the last couple of weeks since the fight was announced has been something else. Yeah, I've been getting a hell of a lot of messages. Um. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> from me since Spike, come on the show.
15: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. We eventually got there. Um, it's been it's been busy, you know, it's been hectic because um, you know it's relative short notice for a fight of this magnitude. Um, you know, so I've been trying to cram in. I'm like a student studying um, at the last minute, cramming all of everything in, in that I could get done. Um, I've been training every single day twice per day for the last five weeks you know so they've been super busy
11: Yeah you going to the fight I suppose Spike is underdog and that's no bad thing because as you know the Irish when they're underdogs and when they're not given much of a chance by the greater um, wider public I suppose not the Irish public um, that's when the Irish are at their most dangerous
15: Yeah it's fair to say, be a significant underdog in this fight but um you know, I like I like a challenge, and uh, I've always said I'd go anywhere and fight anyone. And I think uh, you know, I'm going kind to of prove that I proved it over the years anyway. And uh, this is no different. And um, you know, I'm always up for the challenge. And uh, I kind of like going as underdog because you've got nothing to lose, and uh, you're expected to lose
11: anyway.
15: Mm. I'll be I'll be, uh, be there. to prove him different.
11: And Lara, like, if he underestimates you, like, as soon as you hit him with one of your your patented body shots, he's not going to be underestimating you by then.
15: <laughs> probably not I think when uh, you know but he's been in there with some great fighters like you know like uh, as I said Canelo and a uh, lot of other guys a um, lot of great fighters um, so he's he's seen most uh, things you know And but I, I do believe um, I, I don't really care what people, other uh, boxing experts opinions are etc um, I believe pound for pound I, I punch harder than any of them um, mm. actually in fact uh, I recorded the hardest punch they have ever recorded on PPC to f- Premier Boxing Champions it's the same um, company we're fighting in for, with, for this fight, so uh, they they know about that, you know. So I believe if I can hit them you know, land my punches. I can knock anybody out. Uh,
11: so I'll be going in for a knockout as per usual. The, the the thought of like waking up next Sunday the morning as world champion Spike I mean like it's something you've always dreamed about. Is it hard to kind of just put that thought over your head and just focus on the task at hand and just put all your energy into Saturday night's fight and try not to get distracted by everything that's going on around you? I suppose.
15: Yeah, it's a little bit hard to be honest. Um, you know, I've been thinking that about it quite a lot. And for you know, for my my family, my brothers, my sister, my mum, my dad, my in-laws. You know, I'm all, I get on very well with all of them, and you know, of course, my children. And um, you know, uh, it's it's a bit emotional, really, because it's, it's kind of been I've been fighting for 33 years now, almost, and the uh, my 15 years a professional. Um, so it's been a long, long, long road, and I'm I'm almost there. I have this opportunity. Um, you know, um, I gotta, I gotta be as focused. I gotta be as focused as possible, and uh, I, I'm confident I can do that. You know, I, I think I'm going to do a good job um, in, in being focused. I have a lot of experience. I've been in a lot of big stages before in big fights, and uh, I think I've gained a lot of experience from all those occasions. And uh, I think I can bring the best uh, that I have to this fight.
1: Yeah, and uh, look, we've already had one uh, big Cork winner, Ron Nogaret today. Hopefully, hopefully Spike uh, can uh, can pull it off tonight in the early hours of the morning. That is it uh, from me. Um, uh, if you missed the show, you can catch up on redfm.ie. Rory will be along tomorrow, and if you want to find out how to get tickets to a Man United Legends 11 game versus a Cork Legends 11 game in Turner's Cross next week, tune in tomorrow from 6 with Rory. Stevie G is on the way next.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.